Taylor Sandoval, and we are here with another episode of Tamla and Taylor's Treat Talk Tuesday podcast, where we talk to you about treats, business, and life. Today, we have a special guest, Ms. Juanita Jones. She's from Jacksonville, Florida, here with Edible Blessings, and we are super excited to talk to her. But first, like I said, I'm Taylor. I'm located in Albion, Michigan. And my company name is Taylor's Kitchen, and I can be found on all social media platforms at Sweet Spirit Treats. All right. Thank you, Taylor. Again, welcome, Juanita. I am Tamala, owner of Torlitas for that sweet and crunchy taste. Torlitas is a dessert company located right here in the great state of Ohio, where we specialize in salty, sweet treats. If you want to know more about me and my business, you can go to at Torlitas, that's T as in Tuesday, O-R-L-I-T-A-S. So we're going to roll right into welcoming Juanita Jones Hello. from Edible Desserts. She is one of our spotlight guests for Tamlin Taylor's Treat Talk Tuesday this month. We wanted to highlight all African-Americans. Uh, sweet treat makers and she agreed to be on our show and one of our episodes and we are so excited and delighted thank you so much it's an honor to even be considered i really appreciate it awesome sauce. so we're going to hear a lot more from juanita and uh taylor and i are going to ask some questions and feel free juanita anytime that you want to jump in and say something you know feel free to do that it's going to be a just a conversation among treat makers and uh classy women how about that sure. <laughs> all right you want to you want to go first taylor Yes. Yeah, so can you just tell us a little bit about your business and like where you're located and how you got started? Sure. I get that question a lot. <laughs> <laughs> the name has recently um, updated a little bit. I am actually Juanita Jones. I am the owner and current operator of Edible Blessings Custom Cakes and Vending Now. It used to be Custom Cakes and Desserts. However, I have um, added the bakery vending machine business as a portion of Edible Blessings in summer of 2020. Uh, Edible Blessings actually began like most of us. It was a, a solution to a problem. Uh, my son, who is now almost 23, at the time was two years old. And I am a military wife. We was in a military town. And I was looking for something extra special, just something just out of the box for my son's birthday at that particular time. Being in a small military town, there was nothing <laughs> available. <laughs> I couldn't find a single thing that, you know, was considered a custom cake or other than just a regular grocery store cake. And that's not what I wanted. So I thought, okay, big light bulb, let me just make it myself. I've always been extremely creative anyway. I was doing other, other things. So I said, well, you know what? I can do that. And that's where Edible Blessings was born. I did that first cake and it, it just turned into um, a massive love. It was like a labor of love. Uh, over the years from that point, it went from me just doing it as a hobby to fast forward 2012, I actually turned it into a full-fledged business while working in corporate America. 
Uh, I work in corporate America as a senior sales executive. What that means is I made other companies millions of dollars. Right. <laughs> so, right. Many, many years in corporate America as a as senior sales executive, um, uh, executive uh, sales manager. I've been a business trainer. So my background is business management and human resources. I have two. I had two double majors when I was going through school. But as a result of me going through corporate, I realized I did not like it. I was so unfulfilled. Meanwhile, I was doing edible blessings in the background. So I was just so unfulfilled. I was unhappy. I was constantly, I felt like I was being used on top of used and more used. And there was just no benefit to it. I'm like, okay, yeah, there's a guaranteed paycheck, but that paycheck came with a whole lot of misery. It came with a whole lot of confusion, a whole lot of being overlooked and underpaid. Um, And it just got to a place Fast forwarding to 2016, where I was like, you know what? I have had enough. I I was just absolutely over it. I felt like the walls were caving in on me on Mm. that job. I was exceptional at what I did. Like I said, I made those people a whole lot of money. Uh, I've gone from being a property manager to executive sales manager to being a business trainer, teaching other people how to grow their businesses. Yes, all fulfilling as far as me being, um, you know, a help and a benefit to people that were looking to stay in their career. But inside, I was struggling. I said, I cannot do this another day. So I am a woman of faith. That's something that I will always, you know, um, proclaim. It's something that I've never, you know, been ashamed of. Because I'm a woman of faith, I believe in divine appointment, and I believe in prayer, and I believe in being led divinely to do the things that I do within my life. Everything, it ties into my purpose. So I, after much prayer and, you know, talking to my husband, which husband of 23 years, his name is Steve. Um, <laughs> I decided, yeah, I know I left that out. Right. Um, I decided it was, just, it was just time to make a move, no matter how afraid I was. Mm-hmm. I said, you know what? I have my husband's support. He said, you know what? If nothing is working out and everything seems to be going haywire, then it's possibly time for you to just step out on faith and just launch into the deep. Just jump. We don't know what's in front of it, but just trust it. It's now 2022, folks. I have not looked back. I walked off that job July 26, 2016. I have been doing edible blessings full time since then, and I have not looked back. I have gone full speed ahead ever since then. It would be an absolute lie if I said that <laughs> it's easy and yeah. oh yeah, everything lined up, everything's worked out the way it was supposed to. Lies. Uh-huh. <laughs> and, right, you know, right. People, you know, I tell people all the time don't let social media fool you. This entrepreneurial shit that y'all are seeing is right. a whole nother animal. I have worked more hours and have cried more tears and have had so many sleepless nights, way more sleepless nights than I have ever had working on somebody's job, but it's all worth it. Right. I think one, one thing about working for someone else is that fulfillment part that you were talking about and the making other people money and making other people rich. And it just, it just always seems like it should be more for me, especially if you do believe in, you know, and you have faith in what God, um, has showed you for so many other people, even throughout the Bible, it's 
constant examples of how people who believed in him were like the head and not the tail and they right. had so many great things going for them and so that's that's a blessing that you stepped out on faith and that you took the things and the principles of him and applied them to your own business absolutely absolutely um through that process also you know looking in hindsight now I, I think about all the the steps that I had to go through on those on those corporate jobs, all the trainings I went through, all the people issues I dealt with, everything that we go through prepares us for our next. And mm -hmm. so all of those things that I learned while I was on those, you know, on those um, in those positions, excuse me, I am right now executing in my business. All of those same practices and some of the same things that I learned, all of the people skills, all the travel I had to do, all of the public interviews <laughs> that, that I do, you know, uh, to represent those companies was all in preparation for my divine appointment now. And even more so for whatever is coming in the future, I know that what I'm doing now is preparing me for what's to come um, in, you know, it, later on down the line. Awesome, Absolutely. Awesome. Um, Juanita, I mean, that is really good advice. Um, I often tell people, because we talk about on our show, treats business and life, and you have summed it up right there. And <laughs> just that little, uh, that part that you shared there, um, it just really signifies that it's a all-inclusive when you're starting your business. It's all yes. of your training, all of your life, all, well, you know what I mean, not all, but it's a significant no, part of all those areas <laughs> that you need to thrive, to, th to thrive. Right. Um, one of the things that um, really kind of jumped out at me is that, can you give advice to any home baker who's looking to make that leap out of corporate America into their own bakery or own a company? That was me. You know, I think, I think most of us that have gone um, on to fully solidify our businesses as legitimate businesses start off as home, you know, bakers. The majority of us do. Uh, the first thing I would definitely do um, for anybody that's considering, uh, you know, going from doing it more so as a hobby into a full-blown business, a legitimized business, is make sure you have peace. <laughs> that that's what you really want to do. It sounds wonderful to be right. able to say, I'm going to be able to bake all day long. I'm going to be able to do what I love all day long, blah, blah, blah. Uh -huh. Guess what happens when you become a full-fledged business owner? Yes. It is all day long and all night long. It's literally <laughs> all day long and all night long, number one. And number two, you realize that there's way more behind it than you just whipping up a pie or just putting that cake together or you know, getting those treats together, you now have to execute all of the business portions of it. And then there, I mean, and, and, and along with that comes statutes and insurance, and you gotta make sure that you have the right credentials and certifications and all kinds of you know, things that go along with being a legitimate business owner. The biggest thing that I learned when I did lead, even though um, you know, I, I, I'm a woman of faith, and I was able to exercise what I wanted to do with the support of my husband is that had I not had that support, this is so vital, especially for a baker that might be single or don't have a lot of support, 
that is necessary. You have to have some type of support system to keep you not just encouraged, but also for accountability purposes, for motivational purposes, because you can be motivated in the beginning, but it's motivation is not what's going to grow your business. You have to be a persistent person and you also have to be willing to stay in the in the race perseverance is what keeps you going not the motivation because motivation comes and goes with your feelings right that is that's crucial um the third thing i would add to that because i know that was probably two the third thing that i would add to that is count the cost many people don't go into it thinking it's going to cost as much as it is trust me it does and then some um no Oh, this is, this is the biggest thing that I have learned with me even mentoring other people coming behind me is they think that all these lenders and banks and whatnot is just going to hand you out money to start a brand new business that's for profit. No, ma'am. No, sir. Nobody is giving you a dime <laughs> to start your business. And let's just keep it 100, especially a minority business. There it goes. There it is go. incredibly difficult to get any type of financial establishment to back your business that you put no skin in the game for. The, 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 I have learned definitely over the years that the more you personally invest into your business, it's not their business, it's not a nonprofit, you're doing it for the sake of your benefit, you know, for your wealth, for your legacy. They're not going to do anything for you if they're seeing, okay, you have your hand out, you're asking me for money, but what have you put into it? Right. No business, that's not how business works. I've, 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 trust me, I was in that industry for over 25 years. It does not work like that. Most lenders, most angel investors, most people that actually give out that type of money want to see what kind of sweat equity have you put into your business in the beginning? Then we'll consider after looking at everything that you've done, whether or not we are willing to help you or not. And it's still hard. It still can be a challenge, but it doesn't mean that it's not doable. It's highly doable, but it's going to take a whole lot in the beginning in order to get those types of, you know, funds and whatnot, you know, to help you with able, you know, to be able to scale your business. Uh, that is one of the biggest lessons I learned. And then, Fourth, last but definitely not least, do not depend on your friends and family to be <laughs> your customer. Right. I'll say it again. I'll say it again. Respect <laughs> for your family, friends, colleagues, um, anybody in your familiar circle. That's what I call it. To be your customers. One, they're not obligated to be your customer. Let's just keep, you know, I'm, I'm just, I'm a realist. I believe in just telling people the way it is, but with love. That is not realistic. Your customers are, I mean, your customer is a stranger. They're not the people that know you from when you were 10 years old. They're not the people you went to high school with. They're not your mama, your aunties, your uncles, your brothers, your girlfriends. Those are the people that are going to least purchase from you. And those are also the people that are going to least push and encouraging those are the people that are even though they see people are asking for your services of your type of service they're not even going to offer that you do it and the reason why people do that is because of one word it's called familiarity they are too familiar with who you are and because you are 
persistent and pursuing a dream, something that seems unreachable, you're now making them look at themselves as a reflection of, okay, wait a minute, if they're pursuing to do this, I could be doing something too. So the is the fact of you're, you decided to do it and they didn't. So it's a reflection on what they could be doing. That ultimately is what it breaks down to. It's just too, you're too familiar. The only way they want to get to, they, the only way they'll start promoting you is if you really blow up. Then everybody wants to know who you are. That's how it works in every area, whether it's baking or if you're, you know, a clothing designer. I mean, ask any basketball player, ask anybody that's extremely successful and they'll all tell you the same thing. Nobody wants to know your name until it's popular to know who you are. So I could go on, but those would be my top <laughs> advice points for anybody looking to go from being a home baker to a full-time business. Also check your local um, legislations as well. That's, that's very big. You can't just jump from one to the other without doing your homework. Right. So with, with your businesses that you have now, do you have a brick and mortar location? On purpose. I did not open a brick and mortar location. The okay. reason why I did not do that is because we are in 2022. I have looked at what the trends are doing and COVID gave us the biggest example of why I have purposely stayed away from doing a brick and mortar business. Um, because when brick and mortar shut down, what happened? A lot of businesses weren't able to open back up because they still owe the insurance. They don't care that you're not getting any business. They still owe the rent, the leases, which are most of the time now are astronomical, depending on your location. They still had bills that kept piling in that they couldn't keep up with. And then people ended up applying for those PPP loans. All kinds of stuff just went haywire when COVID hit. It's times like that that shows you how strong your business model really is. And it also shows you what do I need to do different so that I'm not affected by this ever again. Because my business is a mobile delivery service, it's all, I'm a licensed food establishment nationally because the state of Florida requires for you to be a licensed food establishment to sell all types of bakery goods, not just you know um, non-fruit items like a home baker. Right. Uh, so because I had all of those things in place and because my business was mobile, I did not have to shut down during COVID. My business exploded awesome. during COVID because everybody was homebound. Nobody was able to go anywhere. Nobody was able to visit any place. Nobody was able to do anything. So guess what they did? They splurged on getting those big old fancy cakes on their kids for their husbands, for their wives. Yeah extra stuff i was shipping all over the country because oh, that's a big one shipping okay we're gonna yeah. go back to that but go ahead yes i was able to um you know get my name out there even more so than mm -hmm. what it already is in my area because so many people were stuck at home naturally i follow protocol i was careful you know it's called exercising wisdom but um because i am a mobile delivery service my business was able to take off because everybody was stuck at home. And since then, because um, I have decided purposely to stay away from brick and mortar, doesn't necessarily mean that I won't one day open something to that nature. I just don't foresee that anytime right now because the models that I'm using is more scalable, it's more cost-effective, there's much lower, um, lower overhead costs. There's just way more benefits to it 
versus just a traditional brick and mortar. So, and then businesses are changing. The majority of businesses now are going virtual. They're online. So I'm following that path of Amazon and all of those businesses that are exceeding um, doing it the, the, a new way, you know? And then we're also in a day and age where technology is growing and people like convenience. Nobody likes to have to get in their car, crank it up, drive across town, and then you might be open, might not be open. You know, some people don't read, they don't check. So right. it's just a matter of convenience. Um, I have purposely, because I've decided to stick to the mobile model, I've expanded that into my digital vending uh, bakery machines. And you might've seen similar to that, like Sprinkles Cupcake, um, Candace, um, Olson, I believe her name, Candace Olson or Nelson Nelson. Nelson. Uh, she, uh, based out in uh, LA, the company that did the machine for her is the same company that built mine. Uh, so I have them uh, built out there, they're shipped to me and then I'm having them placed in strategic spots within Jacksonville to start. They're gonna be expanding. That's, that's definitely in the plan. Um, right now I have the first one is in a very busy skating rink. Uh, the second one, which is in production right now, that's going in an extremely large um, mall here in the city. But the median income where this mall is, is almost 100K. So that is my target audience. And that is, I'm strategically going to be placing these machines where I know people, one, don't have a problem with paying what I charge. Right. Two, they are looking for an exceptional product um, with, of high quality. They're looking for something that's unique and different. And then they're also looking for the convenience of, if it's two o'clock in the morning, I can go get a cupcake versus me having to wait until the store opens. So that is why I decided to develop that concept. I'm the only black owned business that has that in my state. So I mean, I am blown away and I have so many questions. I know we have a, not that much time, but I want to be like at a class. I want to, I've taken a page or two of notes already. And I just, we're probably going to have a part two with you at some point. I was ready to say, uh, yeah, I was ready to say, I'll I, I be more than happy to do a part two. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. So um, I think we want to just pause here for a second and really let the, our, our audience know who you are again, how they can contact you and what type of products do you offer? Absolutely. Um, again, I am Juanita Jones. I am the owner and operator of Edible Blessings Custom Case and Vending. I'm located in Jacksonville, Florida. I service Jacksonville and surrounding counties. We also travel out of state. Hey, <laughs> you know, if you're requesting us, we'll come to you there also. Uh, I specialize in all things sweet, meaning custom cakes to classic cakes, fancy desserts, we even do event planning and services because we have several event planning partners that are um, in contact with our business. I work with several of them on a regular basis. And we've also recently, within 2020, we've added the vending machine services for those who cannot wait for their sweet tooth to be um, 
here to be, uh, you know, uh, satisfied, you're more than welcome mm. to go visit one of our local vending machines. Um, where can I be contacted? Uh, you can reach me on Instagram at Edible Blessings, exactly the way it sounds, E-D-I-B-L-E-B-L-E-S-S-I-N-G-S, -S -S -S, Edible Blessings. The same handle is for Facebook as well if you're on there. Um, you can also reach me at www.EdibleBlessingsCustomCakes.com. Awesome, awesome. So one one thing that I did want to ask you about your vending machines is how do um like how do you how often do you supply them? What is the turnaround time for um them be the treats being in the vending machine and how does that work um with you and your services? Uh the vending machine is refrigerated. Okay. So there are there items that are purposely put in there that have a longer shelf life than something that might have like custard base. Even though they, um, the items are switched out maybe every other day, depending on what it is. Some items only have to be switched out once a week. It just depends mm -hmm. on what I offer. Inside the machine though, you will find cup, uh, the, the typical client would find cupcakes, cake pops, uh, pound cakes, sweet potato pie, apple pie, dessert jars, I mean, it is a myriad of different options that I offer and it is switched out on a seasonal, like a seasonal basis, as well as a monthly basis. There's always a continuum of new products so that people don't get bored with what it is that we offer. Awesome. Awesome. Good job. I know it's, um, that was one thing I was going to ask you because a lot of times uh, when people are starting out with sweet treats and different things like that, certain people say, I only make cakes or I only do cake bops or I only do certain things. So I wanted to know like what type of variety your vending machine offered because you said that you do all things sweets and stuff. Right. You have to have some versatility if that's what you do. Um, mm -hmm. And I am a versatile baker. So naturally I'm going to offer numerous different things in the vending machine because the vending machine represents my brand. It's an expansion of my brand. So they can try just about anything in there. Um, if you only do one sweet, that's okay. That's your niche and just do it and do it well. And that's, you know, that's what I suggest to people who are, they always looking and comparing. That's what we were talking about earlier. Um, Tamala and I was talking about comparisons. Don't do that. You know, mm -hmm. stick with what you know. It's good to always learn something different if you want to. But if you are good at making cookies, then make the best darn cookies you possibly can. You know? Right. Yes, ma'am. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So I'm going to kind of nerd out for a second and ask you all the behind the scenes stuff. You can answer if you want. If not, you know, it's okay. And just, you know, answer what you want to answer. <laughs> First of all, do you have a team that you work with? Do you have employees or do you hire out? I purposely hire out because that mm -hmm. keeps my overhead low. Good, hiring, good. Hiring you don't out, have to do it all. You don't have right. to do it all. Right. Hiring out um, means that I, I hire seasonal work. Uh, and, and by me doing that without having to keep someone on a payroll, that alleviates me having to add the employee tax and the employee um, insur you know, insurance and all of those other things that come along with having uh, those part-time and full-time employees. 
Instead, I'm able to outsource, have the um, temporary help. And then at the end of the year, they're given a 1099 form. <laughs> nice, which is a contract form. Is that right? That's the contract form for those who don't know what that is. Right, correct. All right. So with your accounting system and things like that, do you using things like QuickBooks or do you have a accounting system that you use to kind of keep track of your expenses as well as your uh, profits and things like that? Absolutely. I have an accountant. So um, because I have an accountant and she also is somebody that I've known for years. So I, I trust her completely. That's very important when you have an accountant <laughs> because they see all of your information they know how much money you're making they know how much money's coming in going out and it's very important that you have that in place but I also because I don't call her every day all day all week long nobody has time to do that um, I also do utilize those tools such as QuickBooks to be able to keep up with auto you know it auto receipts for me um, I also even though QuickBooks has a um, portion in that system for mileage I I really don't like the way their system is set up when it comes to tracking my mileage. I use a separate system for that. That's called Mile IQ. That's basically okay. an app that's just on my phone. And everywhere I drive, it's just tracking it. And I'm able to, um, it's just way easier for me to be able to track um, all of my trips versus the one that's in QuickBooks. QuickBooks, I found it misses certain things. And I had to keep manually adding certain stuff. So Sometimes, and that's a good lesson, sometimes you're not going to be, it's not going to be a one size fit all for everything for your business. You might have to use multiple mediums in order to get the job done. Um, as far as like the uh, system that I use as far as payments, I definitely don't do COD. <laughs> that is so 1980s. Who does that anymore? No, ma'am. No, 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 no. Um, all of my uh, transactions take place via invoice, electronic invoice, and it's on a time electronic invoice. Uh, so that is how I collect all of the funds. And the reason why I do it that, do it that way is because the electronic invoices allow me to put detailed terms and conditions for my clients to be able to read everything that we offer versus what they're responsible for as well. It dots every I, it crosses every T so that there's no misunderstanding later on through, throughout the um, transaction. What I don't do is cash app. Um, that is not a proper POS you know, uh, transaction. POS meaning um, point of sale. For those who don't understand what that means, I have to be careful with acronyms because everybody don't understand. But mm -hmm. uh, sale is the medium that you use for money to exchange from one hand to the other. Cash app, uh, if you know the person, if it's somebody that you're personal with, it's okay for personal use in my, in my opinion. This is just strictly my opinion. I just personally for business, it is not for business, period. So mm -hmm. I'd rather stick with the invoices where people can see all of their terms and conditions and so that they can see what they're paying they can see exactly where it's going and they also can log back into that link if they happen to have a balance left and they can just pay it off as many times as they need to until it's paid in full before they get to their final due date. So that is my process. And my process is streamlined 
and it's no nonsense. I, <laughs> there is no cutting around corners. There's no guessing game when my clients come to me for a service. It's, it's straight into the point. And it, keeps, and it keeps everything in order. I was just going to say, I have a quick question. So how long did it take for you to set up these systems in order for your business to run smoothly? Like, were you, were you, did you take a course or how did you get to the steps of getting these systems in place? My business background, I have a business background. So remember, I was in corporate America for 20 yeah. plus years. So these are systems that other companies have used, whether right. they were big companies or small. These are all systems that I have come across at one point or another. Um, naturally, I still use, you know, I'm, I use the um, PowerPoint. I use Excel. Uh, it's very important that you learn those processes, especially Excel. Excel spreadsheets, they never go out of style. Um, and that helps me with keeping track of some things that might not show up in QuickBooks. It's also important that even though I have an accountant, you know your own numbers. You need to know what you're spending and where it's going at all times, just like your accountant does. But to answer your question very quickly, because unfortunately my time is like spinning. <laughs> um, over the time, I, I figured out what I needed initially. And then I just added stuff to it as I went along. So I would say if I had to put a number on it within the first 90 days of me leaving corporate America, because when I was doing it as a hobby, I mean, you know, I was taking cash and I was doing COD and, you know, cash app wasn't around at that time, actually, when I was doing it as a hobby. So I was doing those old school methods. But when I became serious about my business and, and it meant my business came with bills that could care less whether or not they could pay cash or not, right. <laughs> you know, all of those things had to be put in place and they had to be put in place quick because this was now what I'm doing full time. Well, thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you for taking the time to uh, answer our questions. I don't know if Um, I do. If you could just wrap it up real quick, because um, I want to ship out my products and I know a few other people. I know that the shipping industry right now, whether you go through U.S. post office or other uh, uh, UPS or other any of those other shipping um, opportunities, outlets is what I'm trying to say mm -hmm. what is the best way how to ship a cake across the nation what is your method oh uh, I really honestly don't have a whole lot of time I don't have time to get into it because there are very different methods that's why I said we're gonna have to do a part two yeah we're gonna uh, do a part two okay we'll leave it there we'll leave it there we'll do yeah. a part two when so you have time on your schedule Right. I will say this. There are various different methods on how to ship cakes, cupcakes, pies, all types of stuff. Affordable and not so affordable. <laughs> but it just depends on the, the, uh, the business that you try to use. And then there are also different avenues that a lot of bakers have no clue even exist. Probably not. And Tamla, with me and you, we can talk behind the scenes. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. Cool. There's some different things that um, some different avenues that I have started implementing. I have not uh, publicly rolled it out yet. That's why I said we can talk behind the scenes and I'll let you know. But when I publicly roll it out, then I'll be able to further discuss it. We'll definitely come back when you have it for public knowledge. And we'll definitely have you back on our show. Juanita, thank you once again. I felt like I was a student. I <laughs> took a page of notes. 
I want you to do a course. I want to be a part of the course. And I have so many outlets and things that I want to uh, say more, but definitely we're going to put a pin in it and do a part two in the future. Taylor, do you want to uh, send us out? Yeah, I just want to say once again, thank you for coming on. Thank you for uh, choosing to be a spotlight guest this month. Obviously, you do you do amazing things and we want to just highlight people who are doing amazing things. Um, thank you for being faithful to the one who led you to do this and thank you for coming on our show today. And I am Taylor with Taylor's Kitchen located in Albion, Michigan, where we make custom treats for your special occasions. And Tamala, you want to send us out? Sure. I am Tamala with Torlitas for that sweet and crunchy taste. You can find out more about me at Torlitas. That's T as in Tuesday, O-R-L-I-T-A-S. And Juanita, I'm going to give you the last word. I get the last word? Okay. <laughs> Thank you, ladies, so much for having me on your podcast. It is always an honor when I am asked to be a part of anybody else's business or any venture that you guys are doing. I pray that you all have a phenomenal day and a sweet week. <laughs> yes, ma'am. Thank you so much. Right. Thank okay. you. Bye, everybody. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>